Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Next in Line podcast. I'd like to thank y'all for joining in with me today as we discuss one of the big upcoming events of 2024. But before we dive into that, guys, I want to make a few announcements. First and foremost, if you receive value from this episode or any other episode of the Next in Line podcast, I would love for you to share the show, help us push this thing out, reach more people, and in effect, help us help more people out there in this world, guys. That's what we designed this thing to do, just to be a service uh, in showing individuals what they're truly capable whenever they actually choose to apply themselves in their personal development journeys. And we've been able to do that with some awesome people and surround ourselves by an amazing, amazing group of individuals. And we just love being able to celebrate that. There's all kinds of great people leveling up around us and uh, achieving some really cool stuff. And we'd love for y'all and uh, your network to be part of that as well. So if you could help us out, share the show. Now, along with that, you can keep up with what we have going on and the events that we are participating in, like the ones we're going to list here in just a second, by following us on social media. That's at Next in Line Development on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. We're active on all three platforms. That's also the best place to drop us a DM to get involved in any event or just to let us know how we're doing with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have. That gets the first part of the announcements out of the way. Now we're going to move into the actual event section of the podcast announcements. So guys, we have a few races coming up here pretty dang quick. We will be at Brazos Bend State Park on January 6th and 7th, not running an event myself. However, we'll be out there supporting Michael Ruiz as he goes to knock out his very first 100-mile ultramarathon. He has been really, really ramping up his running career the past couple of years, diving into various distances, including marathon and that 50K ultramarathon mark earlier this year. Now, he's been putting in a crazy training schedule, working it really, really hard. I think he did about 17 and a half today, actually, um, stalking him on Garmin Connect there for y'all that have Garmin watches. Uh, but He's just been doing an outstanding job knocking out his training plan and getting ready for this race. And we'll be out there with a full crew of people, a full group of pacers, ready to support him and go as long as we need to to help him get this race knocked out. So super excited, super proud of him as well. We'll also have Kendall Divin out there at that race running the half marathon. She competed and knocked out the uh, San Antonio Rock and Roll Half Marathon earlier in December, and now we're excited to go out there and see her do it again in Needville, again on the 7th of December. So if you're going to be around, if you're participating in that race and need a little bit of love and support or pacing your crew, don't hesitate to reach out. We'd love to help however we can. Now, following that, the next weekend, January 13th and 14th, the Hoka Bandera 100K will be going on out at the Bandera State Park. I believe it's Bandera State Park. Either way, in Bandera, Texas, we'll be out there running the 100K. Very, very excited for that race. It's going to be one that's very challenging uh, and very technical as well with some rocks out there in the hill country. We're stoked to get out there and, and compete and uh, get a really, really good training run uh, and some elevation or technicality, I should say, um, for footing in training for a race that we have coming up later in the year that is the subject of this specific podcast. After that, we are putting a group of individuals together to go out to Georgia. In northwest Georgia, there's a little group called the Three of Seven 
project team. They have a podcast, they have trainings that they put on, and they're just an all-around amazing group of individuals. It's led by Navy SEAL Chad Wright. He is an absolute amazing human being. Uh, if you don't know their podcast, I encourage you to check it out. It's funny, it's uh, very informative, and it's based in some big-time Christian traditional values. Uh, and it's just a really, really great group of individuals that they brought around them as well. We participated in the first race they ever put on, the 50K, a couple of years back, and it was awesome. It was a great time. Uh, it was a very well-organized race, and again, it had an amazing network of people around it. So we're excited to be going back there on February 10th to run in their new trail run, which is broken out in a hourly format. You get four, six, or eight hours to run as far as you can and to knock out as many miles as you can on a four-mile loop, and the winner will be the person that does the most loops. Now, we'll have a group going out there. We don't know how we're going to travel or what the plan is just yet, uh, but as we get closer to that, we'll keep you in the loop, and if you're interested in such a race like that, uh, don't hesitate to reach out and let us know as well. Now, the last thing that I have on the books this year for myself, or this coming year for myself, I should say, is the Coca Dona. 250. Now that is what we're going to be talking about today is the uh, why, the kind of the little bit of the how, what is it, because I know some of y'all are still a little fuzzy on what this race is and kind of what it means to somebody like me that's getting into their ultra running journey, but we'll dive into all the details of that. But guys, just know we'll be out in Arizona running that race on May 6th through 11th. So that really takes care of the announcements for today. So I want to dive off into the weeds right now into what is the Cocodona 250. We well, see guys exactly like it sounds. It is a 250 mile ultra marathon. It is a trail run. It is a very, very technical trail run. And it stretches from Black Canyon City just north of Phoenix, Arizona, all the way up to Flagstaff. Now, it follows a variety of trail systems out there, some really, really awesome terrain, and goes through a few different mountain ranges as well. It is just an amazing, amazing course that I think last year the high, high temperatures at the beginning of the race down in the canyon were about in the mid-90s, somewhere around 95, uh, and by the time we got to pace our good friend Dan Gilliam over near Flagstaff, we had wind chills of temperatures down in the teens, so it was a pretty crazy weather swing, and it's a race that you really got to be prepared for just about anything that could be thrown at you. Now, with that, there are 20 fully manned aid stations out there stretching across this um, amazing course. I think the distances are anywhere from about seven to eight miles uh, all the way up to about 22 to 25 miles uh, in sections that you have to go between these aid stations. But with the setup of this race, how these aid stations fall in between these stretches of high elevation and movement and very demanding terrain, it's a race that is set up for runner success. Now that doesn't make it any less challenging because it is a 250 mile ultra marathon, but it's something that is well thought out. 
And sprinkled in there amongst those 20 aid stations, there will be an additional four true water unmanned aid stations. Just places to be able to refill your water packs and whatnot out there on the trail as well. So very excited about that. Now I mentioned technicality. I mentioned mountains. I mentioned all this crazy terrain. But what that adds up to and truly equates to, guys, is 40,000 foot of elevation gained and lost over that 250 miles. That is a crazy number to me. I'm somebody from the flatlands down here in south central Texas, and to be ready to participate in something like that, it's going to mean a lot of days out at Lost Maple State Park, Garner State Park, and some of these other trails through the hill country that have a few of these inclines that I'll be spending a lot of repetitive time out there just doing the same loops, hitting the same elevation over and over to try to get some of this training in. So I'm excited about that. That'll be a new aspect to this race. Now, everybody asks, whenever I mention I'm running a 250-mile ultramarathon, how long does something like that take? Well, I'll tell you, the cutoff for this particular race is 125 hours. You see, this is a very challenging race. This is something that's going to take a lot of commitment to do. It's going to be days upon days of running, and it's going to be, it's going to require some sleep. It's going to require full meals. It's going to require more than that, the support of a really good crew and a really good group of pacers for somebody like me to go out there and run this race. So, Having that cutoff is something that's going to be a little bit scary. I know a lot of people get close to that time, but I'm really looking to go out and do some um, do something at this race that is going to put me in a spot where I don't have to worry about that cutoff too, too much. But again, guys, this is a crazy race, something I've never done before. Uh, so we'll see what happens. You know, um, Up until this point, the other question I get asked mostly is, well, what's the farthest you've run so far? And the answer to that question is 100 miles. You see, I've done about eight or so ultra marathons uh, up to this point, all ranging from distances of 50k on up to that 100 mile mark. And I've really pushed myself in a lot of ways through those distances, but I've always loved the idea of striving for something absolutely crazy. And as many of y'all know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a little while, I was actually slated to do the Katie Trail 225 last year, or I should say this year, talking in the future tense as if we're already in 2024. But this past October, I was supposed to go out and run a 225-mile race across Missouri. And 11 days before that race was scheduled to kick off, we received an email saying that the permits had been pulled by the Department of Natural Resources in Missouri and that that race was canceled. We scrambled and found a replacement last man standing race and went out and put down some miles, but it really wasn't what we were shooting for. It wasn't this just kind of logistical masterpiece that we were going to have to put together to be able to crew and pace for this thing. It wasn't this massive, big, scary goal and event of completely just uncharted waters for somebody like me. And that's what was so exciting about a 225 mile race like this. So giving that up last year and not being able to participate in that race was kind of 
very disheartening, to be honest with y'all. And so getting an opportunity to go out there and run a race like this is really next level. It's an opportunity I'm really, really looking forward to. So along with that, guys, I mentioned I have this awesome group of pacers and crew members that are going to be going out there. You know, doing something like this and taking something like this on would be much scarier if I was just relying on drop bags that get transported from aid station to aid station and just relying on my own self-sufficiency and detail-oriented form of packing. I say detail-oriented pretty jokingly because I get a little last minute thrown together on some of my stuff and the thought of going out there and completely supporting myself in an event seems just completely bonkers to me and so with that being said you've got to have an amazing group of people and as you know this network with next in line and these individuals we've put together over the past couple of years have really became an amazing group of people not just in the sense of pacing and crewing, but just amazing people to be around. Very inspirational. They're always striving for more and trying to achieve great things in their life. So to have that group around me, pacing, crewing, and helping support me on these huge goals, that makes something like this a little bit more tangible, a little bit more real, a little bit more obtainable for someone like me. So very thankful for that group of people. We'll learn a little bit more about that as we get closer to the race, who those people are, what they're going to be doing, and all that good stuff. But I really wanted to take a second and dive into a separate part of this podcast, and that is, why am I interested in a race like this? You see, I guess my interest for this race truly started back in 2021. You see... I found out that this race was going to be a thing their very first year, and I kept up with it vigorously. I watched what I believe there was a live stream back then. Uh, I watched any updates I could find. I checked results every chance I could, and I was absolutely obsessed with this race, which is crazy because at that point, I was still running 5Ks. I had just lost a ton of weight. I was all inspired uh, by by all these amazing people that I could see uh, doing challenging events and taking on huge, huge, huge goals. And right then and there, before I had ran my first ultra marathon, before I'd even ventured close to a marathon or a half marathon or anything like that, I decided that one day I would run the Coca Dona 250. I became a little bit infatuated with it kind of almost obsessed every single time that race would come around. I was keeping up with it. I was watching the live streams. I was just grabbing on to every little bit that I could and stealing that motivation and that inspiration from all these amazing people going out there and running a race like this that is almost unfathomable, right? You can't wrap your mind around somebody doing that. But I've always loved the idea of trying So that's where this really started for me, this interest. And then as I got further into my journey, and this became more and more of a reality, hey, maybe one of these days I'll be ready to run this race. I really had the straw that broke the camel's back, landed and delivered last year, 
You see, our good friend, Mr. Dan Gilliam, was running this race last year, and he asked in a conversation, just mentioned it very briefly, if we'd be willing to go out there and pace him for this race, not knowing how crazy I was about this race. And so we ran across this guy, and we'd talked to him maybe once or twice, really didn't have much of a relationship with him. And the conversations we had were pretty brief. So we decided to go out there and run the last, I think, 60 miles of the Cocodona 250 with Dan last year. We dropped everything, went out there, got flights, rented a car, all that good stuff, and got to go help this individual, this amazing guy, run the last 60 miles of an extremely challenging race. And getting that little taste of the Cocodona 250, climbing Mount Eldon, going through the night up to Flagstaff in the freezing cold weather, and just seeing everyone around us and and what this race truly was. Like I said, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. It was the last little bit I needed to decide that this year I was going to run this race. And, you know, there's some other great things about this race. It's, it's gained so much popularity because the team at Viper Running, who put on this race, have done an amazing job with it. They have organized this race in a way that they have a ton of great volunteers and community um, and even runners running in this race. And they've got just an outstanding... Just organization around this event. I mean, the aid stations are stocked extremely well and manned extremely well. The cutoffs are tight. The, the live stream is amazing. It's unlike anything else in the sport, almost, uh, even being out there on the trails last year, they were flying drones around. They were doing all kinds of different things to get the best angles, to show runners, to show people what this sport is about and truly growing a whole new fan base for this thing and having that around this race is just another incentive as to as to you know the people back home could see you out there doing what you've worked so hard so hard to prepare for all year long and it makes it just a little bit more real for everyone else so you can't help but love a race like this and, you know, along with that, there's been an insane amount of great ultra runners, world-class ultra runners even, that have come out and ran this race. From the record holder last year, Mike McKnight, uh, to Sally McRae, who's great, just a great human being overall. But but even more than that, a Badwater 135 uh, winner, I believe, uh, but dang sure uh, competitor and and someone who's completed that amazing, amazing race. Then you got guys that helped me get into running like Chad Wright that have run this thing. And you've got other guys that are super prolific runners out there that have done a variety of amazing races like Andy Glaze. Uh, and it's, it's just this event that has become this legendary thing. It has gained a status that that I think can't be rivaled by just about anything else out there today in American ultra running. And 
I'm very excited about the opportunity to get out there and share some of the trail with these individuals to, to be out there and to traverse the same terrain that they did to be able to experience things in the way that they have as well, but being able to take away my own lessons, my own learning, and to find a new side of me that a 250 mile journey like this would expose. Now, I know that was a little bit of the interest as to why I wanted to do this race and why it sparked it, but I think whenever you do an event like this, it's really, really important to grasp onto and understand the true why of whenever you get down into it, the reasons you are willing to toe the line, the reasons why you're going to put in the work, not just on the day of the race, or in this case, days of the race, but for months and months leading up to an event like this. You see, I've already started training for this event. I've been training for a while for a long race, but really firing up my schedule six months out from this event. Now we're roughly five and a half months out as well, and there's no amount of training that I can put in that will adequately prepare me for what we're going to do, but I'm going to try. So getting ready for an event like this, you really, really have to have that underlying reason why you're going to show up, why you're not going to give up, why you're going to put in the work, and why you will ultimately be successful. And that's what I want to talk about here. I want to talk about my three reasons why I'm ready to toe the line, and I'm eager for this training block and the opportunity to go out and prove myself on this trail. And reason number one is anybody that's been on this podcast or listened to it for long enough understands the journey that I've been on. And if you're new here, I'll give a brief, brief little synopsis of it. You see, roughly three years ago, two and a half or so, I was about 60 or so pounds heavier than I am right now. I was undisciplined. I was out of shape. I, my diet was terrible. I never worked out. I was very, very sedentary. I drank a lot. I made terrible decisions. And the only area of growth and development that I had in my life, whether it was personal or professional being considered, was in my career. I poured everything into that. I poured everything into trying to to be the fastest guy to climb the ladder, the youngest guy to be in management, the highest salary I could get. And I pushed and pushed and pushed. And I was still left empty. And then I decided to start doing some things for myself. I started to make changes. I started to control what I was consuming, both physically mentally and spiritually, like we talk about on the wall there behind me. But that's really where this shift happened. That's where everything started to change for me. And I started to get these ideas about doing these big and scary goals and, and completing 75 hard and, and doing things that, you know, your quote unquote ordinary people didn't do. And 
from that, though I found success, though I was able to lose a lot of weight, though I was able to quit drinking, change my diet, change my habits, and and ultimately change the course of my life and find some balance in a lot of different ways, there's still a version of me that is inside that I can never fully stomp out, that I can never fully kill. Guys like Andy Frisella call it the bitch voice or whatever it is that you would want to call that version of yourself that tries to convince you that your bed's way more comfortable and and you deserve to stay in and sleep in instead of getting up and going and working out or that you can treat yourself whenever you're out because you've dieted really well all week so this little piece of cake won't hurt you here or whatever it is, not being disciplined. Maybe your vice is bigger than that. But that guy lives inside of me. Whenever I lost the weight, whenever I changed my habits, he didn't die and he never will. But the truth is, I have just been able to exert my willpower over his. And that's just the majority of the time. That's why the results have stayed here. Because nobody's perfect. Nobody's nobody's going to be able to do the right thing and, and the absolutely appropriate thing every single time. But through proving myself right, through accomplishing goals and seeing what I'm truly capable of, whether it be physically, mentally, or spiritually, I have made agreements and kept promises to myself that prove that I'm able to keep that guy held down, keep him in control, and keep him in check. And this would be an opportunity to do that one more time. It would be an opportunity to take that and show myself in a bigger way than ever before that I'm capable of whatever it is that I need to do in life. I'm capable of making the changes that I need to do to move myself on a trajectory that I haven't been on before. Perhaps one that I never thought was capable, I was capable of doing or being on before. So taking and driving down that old version of me, driving down those old decisions, and just reinforcing that self-control and that discipline and that mental fortitude is reason number one that I've signed up for this race. Reason number two. I am a firm believer that if you don't have a true goal, something tangible, something you can strive for, something that takes time and energy, and it takes effort, If you don't have something like that in your life, you will find yourself in neutral. You will find yourself not moving, not progressing. And the world and everyone else that took the time to create those goals and to decide that they wanted something bigger, but more than that, they took the time to list it out. They took the time to picture and describe and write out exactly what that goal was and push for it, those people are going to pass you by. 
So I believe that it is amazingly important. It is imperative to have one of these big goals, to set something that is so big that you don't even know fully if you'll be able to do it, but you understand that you're going to give it every last thing that you have. You're going to put in the work, you're going to put in the time, the energy, the effort, and you're going to do whatever is within your power to make it happen. I believe that those are the things that help move us, progress us, and keep us anchored and rooted and grounded towards this journey of personal development. And that's why reason number two is that I wanted this to be my big goal that progresses me, that moves me, that puts everything else in alignment. It makes my focus stay in check and stay on the right path in regards to my diet, my time management, my energy management, my resources and ability to say no to things and people that I don't want to be involved with. And all of those other vital balances in my life that I have to find. Setting that big goal and executing and letting it work for me. And then guys, the last why for me, and this one has been one of the biggest This one has been the whole point of what we're doing here and the podcast that we have and and everyone else sitting here and listening to this show. I want to continue to try to prove something to y'all. And that is that me sitting right here, I am an ordinary person. I am a person that decided to make a change in my life. And after I made those changes and saw the potential and saw what I was capable of, I decided to set goals that were so big and so scary and so attention grabbing for people who didn't believe in themselves, people that don't think they're capable of doing something quote unquote next level something so big it scares them and i want to show every single person that listens to this show that that sees the results of that race that likes the facebook post or instagram post or keeps a look with all the updates from this event whether it's the training the interviews the podcast we put out or the results I want each and every one of those people to understand that an ordinary person who had issues with work-life balance, who had issues with their diet, who was extremely undisciplined, who drank way too much, who made all the wrong decisions that a young guy could make without going to prison, of course. But all of those decisions that someone could make to put themselves out of alignment with being the best version of themselves. Someone can go from that, an ordinary person 
doing ordinary things to being that same ordinary person, real, tangible person and achieve extraordinary things. Guys, that's been my goal with this whole movement. You see, the whole path that I followed has been sprinkled with situations like this. Whenever I told people that I lost all the weight that I lost, they just look at me and they're shocked. They can't ever imagine me being a big guy. There's a lot of y'all that know me out there. Y'all saw that version of me. Y'all saw the undisciplined version of me. Y'all saw the actions that I was doing on a daily basis and what I was out there just letting myself get away with. You know, the first time I ran an ultramarathon, there were shockwaves across my network and my social media. That 50K I went out there and ran in Georgia, nobody could believe it. Everybody was blown away. Everybody thought I was insane. Everybody thought I was crazy. But the other cool thing about it is there was a ton of people that reached out. There's a ton of people that asked me how I decided to lose the weight how it how it I did it how I planned everything how I was able to to decide to do something and then stick to it and stay disciplined there were people that said hey I want to start running could you write me a run plan there were people that were like hey can you just give me some tips on how to get started and little things that'll help keep me on track so that I don't lose the fire that I lose every single time and all of those things were amazing All those things were great. They were exactly what I hoped for. It was me getting to inspire ordinary people just like myself to try to make a change, to do something extraordinary in this life. And then from that, there's another group of people. There's a group that blossomed out and gathered around and started doing these things and joined our network, joined our movement, joined our team. And participated. You've seen many of them on the podcast. You've heard me talk about guys like Michael and Lane Divin, my dad. There's just there's too many to truly list out. I'd be doing a disservice to sit here and try to try to pinpoint every single one of them and and hope I don't miss one. But there's so many great people out there, whether it's starting their own businesses, whether it's diving in to doing these big races, whether it's seeking career advice and opening their horizons and going and chasing job promotion, chasing a better opportunity for them so that they can get the balance that they need in their lives or achieve things that their families had never achieved before. Our network is full of people truly achieving extraordinary things. And that's what I love. And that's why reason number three is so that I can prove that ordinary people can truly do extraordinary things.
guys, that's all there is to it. There's 250 miles that will be staring me in the face in May. I'm not going to lie, I'm nervous. I'm very intimidated by something like this. But I can honestly say there's never been a time whenever I put in the work, I put in the time, the effort, the energy, and I've come up short whenever the factor was me deciding whether I was going to actually follow through and do what I say or not. So in May, if you're interested in being part of this, if you're interested in pacing, if you're interested in, in crewing or going out there, or you just want to keep up, don't hesitate to reach out. Like I said, our social media is at Next in Line Development, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Shoot us a DM. Let us know how you want to get involved or, or if you want to at all, or just if you want us to keep up the updates around that race so that you can understand exactly what's going on but guys whatever your coca dona is whatever your big event is for this year i challenge you to find your why i challenge you to become obsessed i challenge you to push yourself and make a true effort find your why and achieve amazing things. Thank you all so much for tuning in into this episode of the Next in Line podcast. It's been very, very awesome getting to share my excitement for this race with y'all. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to hear from y'all. And always be prepared for whatever is next in line. <laughs>